Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Thursday, October 27th, and tonight the Ravens are playing, which has no bearing on us, but we are going to talk about last week's win for the Cardinals at home and this upcoming game on Sunday, week eight, against the Vikings. Stay tuned. Turn up your phone. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Kelly Singh. The sickest Arizona Cardinals podcast. It's going to be sick. Sick, sick, sick. And welcome to the sickest Arizona Cardinals podcast with me, Kelly Singh. I'm thrilled to have you here with me again today. Loving all the feedback we're getting on Twitter and all the support. Hopefully, we can keep it up and continue to grow the show. As I mentioned, we are going to be discussing the amazing win from last week, but we're not going to dwell because we're moving forward and we're going to talk about Sunday's game versus the Minnesota Vikings. I have a guest today. Today's guest is Josh Blinder. He is a Bears fan, but an avid hater of the Vikings and a student in Professor Rank's sports broadcasting class at Chapman University. You can find him on Twitter at Joshua Blinder. Let's bring him in. Hey, Josh, how are you doing? Hi, Kelly. I'm doing great. Just finished up class this morning and came home. Excited to be here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. I love having uh, students. You're my second student now on the show, and it's been really fun. Um, having you guys helping to create maybe something, a clip you can use in a portfolio. That would be cool. It's, uh, it's been really fun to meet you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, it's something that I love any opportunity at Chapman. We have incredible facilities like we have Chapman radio where kids have their own podcast. I'm going on another one later to talk about Chapman sports a little bit of other stuff with another one of Professor Rank's students. And uh, I just, uh, any chance I can get to talk about sports, I'm, I'm in for it. 
I love it. I love it. I was going to ask you. So obviously you love football. I believe when I was in the class um, talking a little bit about podcasting and broadcasting and writing, um, you had mentioned that you already do a little bit of that, some appearances. So how did you get involved in um, sports broadcasting? Is it something you've always wanted to do? Yeah, that's a great question. Honestly, uh, from the age of about five growing up and watching sports, I, I've I played everything, but I just fell in love with listening to like Joe Buck, Troy Aikman call games on Fox or listening to Buck call games for the World Series or Sunday Night Football. And I'd always be like a couch coach having my own opinions and wanting to call out plays and have my own ideas for what the Chicago Bears should be doing for, you know, football, which is oftentimes it would be pretty tough. But I came to Chapman knowing I wanted to get into broadcasting. And really after COVID, I was motivated and thought it was my time, thought I was prepared enough to start doing play-by-play for a number of Chapman sports, like football, which I've been very fortunate enough to do. Our broadcast, which is a pretty big deal here. It's a huge student-run club. And we put together really high quality streams and I, I've got big dreams in broadcasting and it's been incredible for me to be able to be thrown into the fire really and go out there and actually call games for Fort Chapman. That's amazing. I love that. It's one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is hearing people's stories. I know we're here to talk about football and the games, but when I have a guest and get the opportunity to hear their story, it just makes my day but i'm gonna move a transition a little bit to uh last week's game where the cardinals finally won at home oh i don't think i could have taken another loss at home it's just too much too much stress <laughs> and uh the cardinals they pretty much dominated the entire game until we hit the fourth quarter where they allowed the Saints to score 17 points with an answer of only seven from the Cardinals. So with the final score being 42-34, what do you think led up to things just kind of going sideways there in the fourth quarter? Yeah, that's a great question. Often when you look at the flow of a game, really, it's up to the head coach when you get a lead. I've been fortunate enough to spend a lot of time with Chapman football and be in their meetings and the defensive meetings. And the defensive coordinator talks about when you get a lead, especially a big one in the fourth quarter, what are you trying to do? Ideally, you want to set up a situation where you're fielding an onside kick, you recover it, you win the game. And what I saw a lot of from defensive coordinator Van Joseph was backing off, you know, into soft zones, which ended up, you know, obviously allowing 17 points and let the scoreboard, you know, dictate a closer score, you know, it finishing as an eight point game. But in terms of what you want to accomplish, um, a big example of a situation that I found is like that Bucks Rams divisional game where you had Mike Evans getting hit for a 50 yard touchdown with 330 from, you know, pass from Tom Brady. And right away, it's a one score game, huge playoff. That's like a modern day example of what you don't want to happen. So if you're playing off and you're letting guys pick up yards, but time runs and that's exactly what ended up happening. And I think that's a big part of it. Right. I mean, people tend to call 
uh, touchdowns like that, trash time and all of that. But, you know, it really wasn't trash time because it got way too close for comfort. Um, And I really feel like those points shouldn't have been allowed (laughs) personally. (laughs) But uh, what we have here are some really interesting stats too. Andy Dalton, let's just face it, is not a good quarterback. He's not. But... You wouldn't really know that had you watched this game because it was um, a flash of greatness maybe from Andy Dalton. However, there were all these letdown moments, right? So Andy Dalton threw for 361 yards, which is a monster game. That's a monster game. And anybody who had Andy Dalton in fantasy, for instance, um, made out really well, uh, four touchdowns with three interceptions. So depending on what your penalty is for interceptions, you still made out really well, completing 30 of 47 passes, which isn't bad. Um, And uh, I was really impressed. What did you think when you saw Andy Dalton out there playing? I want to stop real quick because a lot of my friends were like, why isn't Taysom Hill starting? Everybody was up in arms about this. So how did you feel? Right. Andy Dalton, he's an experienced guy, obviously, with you know his time in Cincinnati. And there's a bit of familiarity with him starting the year you know, out in Chicago last year. But he's always been that gunslinger you know, type player. People call him the red rifle. And I've liked his confidence as a really a pocket quarterback. And I think some of those stats, honestly, are a little bit padded in terms of you know that fourth quarter. And that was when the Cardinals backed off. But he's a guy that's going to try and make it happen. You saw earlier in the game with you know them up, chance to score, and he throws a pick in the end zone. So I think that that's always the way you know, he has been, which has hurt him. But he's always usually you know come out and done pretty well in him as a backup. I, I thought they made the right decision in him playing, and they were pretty competitive in the first half. But you know the two pick sixes, so there are the, the ups and downs. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think that's fantastic what you said about that he does have a confidence about him. When he was on the Bears, I was like, this is it. This is going to be great. Um, not, It wasn't so great, but um, despite that, it, it's true. He does have a certain air about him. He, It's not like he goes out there to play poorly. He wants to play well. Uh, throwing interceptions just happens to be a huge thorn in his side when it comes to his play um but i i loved it and the padded part i i hadn't even thought about because on paper and especially in fantasy it's not something you necessarily think about but when you're talking about real life games as they're happening in front of your face it was pretty bad until that fourth quarter and and i like how you brought up that that was padded that's a Great, great point. Taysom Hill did go out there through two of two passes for 48 yards. Um, and then we have Murray, who uh, really didn't have to do a whole lot to score, but also didn't do a whole lot to score. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> there was 29 passes, completing 20 of them, which is pretty great. Uh 
just 204 yards, which I say just because a quarterback of his caliber should be pushing far more yards than that, if not 300 yards, um, and one passing touchdown. So basically what we saw in this game was the Cardinals defense opening up their hands and accepting a lovely, glorious, shiny-wrapped gift from the Saints offense, scoring three touchdowns from three individual players, which is pretty great for them. I'm sure there was a lot of celebrating that night. Um, And then three offensive touchdowns, Eno Benjamin, Keontae Ingram, and Greg Dortch. Here's what I wanted to ask you about. When... uh, when you think of Greg Dortch, he's been clutch, totally clutch during the this early season with players out and injured. Um, he was the punt returner essentially in last week's game. And then suddenly he's thrust in late third quarter, I think it was, and um, ends up scoring a touchdown. So as somebody who watches a lot of football games, both college and professional What are your thoughts when you see a player who wasn't slated to start necessarily on the offensive line go in there and start playing and start being a game changer? What caused that, really? Yeah, I I loved to to see it. Obviously, when we talk about football, National Football League, injuries are huge. I mean, when you can stay healthy throughout the season, it's almost a matter of luck. And it speaks a lot to also the, the training staff, but... It's really important to see a, a player come in in a, in a replacement type spot and to be able to not, not just, you know, not play it maybe at that same level, but to not like look lost out there, to not be the reason that you lose. You don't want that to happen. And going up against, you know, a team like New Orleans who has a good front, they, you know, systematically are good on both sides of the ball defensively and offensively. And I, 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 I like it when you see a new player, it's a new face and in a situation, it makes you think about, you know, Hey, is this a guy that can, that can help our team, you know, going forward and not just, you know, one game. And I like seeing, um, you know, changes it. Uh, sometimes it can give you perspective and it can maybe be like, Hey, like this guy can maybe there's a future in him playing here. Yeah, I agree. It it kind of lights a fire essentially too, I think, for some of the players who may be somewhat coasting by, um, you know, everyone's replaceable essentially. There is always another guy waiting to take your spot, just chomping at the bit to get back out there on the field. So I agree. I like seeing that kind of stuff. It did take me by surprise because I'm a huge Rondale Moore fan and um, feel like he's not quite getting the amount of plays that I'd like him to get. However, they do still grapple with him being healthy 100%. So that could be something that was underlying. Um, Maybe he needed a break. Maybe they just wanted to light a fire. I don't know if we'll ever know, but it was fun to watch. (laughs) Now, the greatest stat that came out of this game, we are not calling it a comeback, DeAndre Hopkins. He made that very clear. We're calling it just a return to the game. DeAndre Hopkins returned to the game 
brought 103 yards. No touchdown, but that's okay. 103 yards with the rest of the Cardinals bringing 101 yards. All the rest. So I love this stat. I'm super stoked for Hopkins. I don't care about any of the haters who want to say he's a cheat, he's a liar, whatever. I do honestly believe his story, so come at me. It's okay. I'll take it. Um, I don't think a player like DeAndre Hopkins could go this long and then suddenly find Trace something in his system. He took the penalty. It's fine. We're back. It's not a comeback. It's a return to football, and it was a strong return to football. How do you feel about DeAndre Hopkins? Controversy, no controversy, great player. What is it? Just from the football perspective, that's what I usually like to look at. He's a great football player. Um, when he's healthy, he's one of the best in the NFL. I don't think there's much argument to that. And his impact for the Cardinals offense is is evident. And he had a huge game. And you can see the chemistry he had with Kyler. I loved a couple of like, like a back shoulder throw he had later in that second half in terms of you can see the timing, even though he's been out, is still you know there. And you love to see that. And it's different when you have a number one guy like him where you can put him out in any situation and he's going to be a threat, especially down the field. I don't know if there's any but any other player that's better in a 50-50 ball scenario. And in the intermediate passing game, he's, he's dominant. I agree 100%. I feel like we should be besties. Everything you're saying, I'm agreeing with. <laughs> so – We're going to talk now about this week eight matchup against the Vikings. Being a Chicago Bears fan, you told me, you know what? I know a lot about the Vikings. There's a little, uh, a little rivalry going on there. So I want to weigh in as the official non fan of the Vikings, Josh, (laughs) some things to consider as we go in to this game. The Vikings currently only have one player on the injury report and that's their rookie wide receiver Jalen Naylor with a hamstring I don't know that this matters at all but how does a healthy five and one Vikings team affect the Cardinals chances of winning this Sunday I think it's huge and when I look at Minnesota uh, the first thing you have to look at in football is a quarterback position right and Kirk Cousins even though if you take a look at his stats compared to where he has been in the past, you're like, the production is low, but he's been efficient in this offense. You can see him playing within rhythm and to be able to do that, you got to be healthy. And in any time when you can have your starting corners out there, or your starting left tackle or wide receivers, it's huge because those are guys that are used to getting the reps in that situation. And, We've seen him have success in the record. And truthfully, I don't think Cousins cares about the stats. And he's 5-1 and one right now going into a home game, a tough place to play in Minnesota against a Cardinals team that, you know, for a matter of fact, has struggled thus far this year. And they have to be confident in Minnesota that they can make it difficult on the Cardinals, especially with the balance we see on their offense. 
Yes, for sure. The Cardinals do need to go in confidently. They have played and won with a super banged up team. Um, that's one thing that I love about the Cardinals depth um, depth chart is that there are players like we discussed just a minute ago, ready to go in. They're there to take your spot, whether you're DeAndre Hopkins or Kyler Murray. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, Hollywood Brown out. Doesn't matter. There's a full lineup of guys that happen to be talented, and we've seen them pop out now and then. Maybe it's time that they pop out some more because uh, we're going to need that confidence going into this matchup. The Cardinals have 14 14 injuries uh, on the initial injury report. I haven't checked again today, but it's only at the time that we're recording this. It's not even 11 a.m. here, so practice hasn't been underway for very long. Um, We'll find out, but right now, Zach Ertz and J.J. Watt were both listed as rest, quote-unquote. J.J. Watt just had a baby So I'm assuming part of that rest was getting a chance to spend time with his wife and newborn, which is only days old. Um, And then we have uh, James Conner running back. James Conner still having issues with ribs, not out limited at practice, but um, it's pretty obvious 14 players, um, you know, on a Cardinals team, three of them, if not more that are that are supporting characters are huge supporting characters. These three, it, it causes some implications, but do you think that they, this backup depth that we've seen before, do you think that they have an opportunity to rise to the occasion? Just, just be honest. Yeah. I liked when that you mentioned, you know, the word depth because you have to have it. Um, it, to you know, be successful in this sport, and I do. You know, truthfully, when you have a uh, a talented quarterback like Kyler that can that can keep you pretty much in any game with his talent, it gives opportunities for a guy you know like Eno Benjamin behind Connor, who had you know, obviously some struggles, and and Benjamin filling in. Who knows, you know, if he's able to to keep it up and to continue to produce. And when you have a guy that fills in for, let's say, like a J.J. Watt type on the outside, it's kind of a position when you look at, you know, defensive end where it's rotational. So it's not even just one new guy. It's going to be two, three coming in there based on the down and distance. So it has huge implications. You're talking about um, a guy like Zach Ertz. We'll see if he plays, you know, this week or not. And it's big to that offense because getting Hopkins back and having a threat like Zach Ertz as, you know, and, you know, if you could have James Conner, it's your whole, you know, star. You talk about, you know, big names, but Mm -hmm. the depth and, you know, guys coming in, that's potentially your future. And it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's fair or not when you have injuries. You still have to go and try and get a win. You're right. Yeah. And and whether or not these guys are big names or not, um, I reference, um, I believe it was the week two or three. I, I should have looked that up. But one of these uh, three wins, it was basically the entire depth chart stepped on the field. Entire 
There wasn't one person that didn't step on the field in this game and they won. And so uh, that's where I think that they could rise to the occasion, even banged up and still come out on top. It will be a battle. It's not going to be easy. It's easy to say that there will be a loss on Sunday. But what I'm hoping is that they're just going to gel. That's when I feel like the Cardinals team does the best. And it sounds so cliche, but when your back's up against the wall, if you can come together as a team and just have that heart. And I think you would know that as a, as an athlete, a high school athlete, a college athlete, when I was an athlete in high school and college, it was, you have to find the heart, dig deep, do you want to win? And as cheesy as it sounds, it's true. It really is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, absolutely. It's, you know, remaining mentally tough and no matter what, you know, what your record is and at three and four, you know, truthfully, and the Vikings, I think this game, you know, obviously it means to everybody, but this game is more important to Arizona and I could see them going in and playing Minnesota team. And after you've played that well on defense, you know, the confidence is there. You know, you just got to win in front of everybody on Thursday night football against New Orleans, a team that, you know, has a good amount of talent throughout their roster. And it, it sets up an opportunity um, for an upset. And you, you go out there and you play your game plan, you execute. They, they, can, they can beat the Vikings. There's no doubt about it. That's the key word. They've got to execute. Or else, you know, it's not going to happen. Um, so as somebody who's familiar with the Vikings team, how, um, what, let me find the right words. Where do you think the Vikings fall short as a team? What are the Vikings weaknesses, if any? Yeah, that's a great question. Just because if you look at a team with a great record, it's like, where, you know, are the, are the weaknesses? But looking at Minnesota and them bringing in, you know, a new head coach in O'Connell, a new defensive coordinator in Donatel. And in that defense is they, they like a lot of disguised looks up front as a defense in terms of they're going to walk up in that 3-4. You don't know where the pressure is going to come, but also in responsibilities and coverage, they play a lot of cover one. It's just man-to-man. And where, you know, do you see success on the offensive side of the ball? That's going to be Kyler's legs. I think Kyler's going to have a really good day on the ground running the football and then the Vikings really like they're a team that need to be in rhythm throughout cousins career. There's parts of every game where he looks terrific when he's in rhythm, when you're picking up yards on first and second down, you know, them using a lot of pre-snap motion to make the reads easier for him. But in terms of Arizona and the pressure that they send, this kind of falls into Vance Joseph's area where he, likes to go similar like man across the board and sending pressure, getting to Cousins. You might get beat a couple da- times to, to Jefferson on the outside, but throughout. But that's an area in terms of uh, like the similarities and, you know, the defense and getting pressure on Cousins throughout and hitting them. Honestly, it's a lot different than, you know, sitting back in the zones or he's, you know, he has a lot of time to throw. Uh, the biggest is you got to shut down just Justin Jefferson, right? When you talk about a guy, you have to. Vikings do a good job at getting him open, really, at all three levels. But I think it's going to be a really, um, a really interesting matchup with you know as good as the Cardinals, you know, back end is uh, with Thompson and, uh, and the Honey Badger. <laughs> the Honey Badger, 
Yeah. While you were talking and you were talking about Kyler and his legs, um, are you 21? Yes. Okay. Well, when I'm in California working, um, I can't do prop bets. So I came across the app Underdog. And Underdog is a friend of the SIG Podcast Network. And I was just trying to see if there was a prop for Kyler Murray. And I think it might just be too easy to set it up as a high-low for on Underdog because I'm only getting passing yards and fantasy points. So if you happen to be in a state where you're able to place a prop bet, Take a look at Kyler Murray and his rushing yards, and you may find some money there. And Underdog, if you're listening, we'd like an opportunity to play high-low on those rushing yards. So maybe we'll see it prior to Sunday. Um, but yes, that's my fix when I'm in California is Underdog with the pickums higher or lower. I guess that's how we get away with it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so much fun. I really um, appreciate you joining me this week, Josh, and hearing your perspective. I know that you're not an official Cardinals fan, but you're a football fan, and you're a great uh, newly blossoming broadcaster. I can hear it in your voice, and it was really, really fun to spend some time with you. Um, do you have anything that you're doing? You had mentioned that you're doing some public broadcasting with Chapman University. Is there a way for the casual listeners to tune in and hear um, the Chapman games? Yeah, there is. It's called Skyac Network. So that's S-C-I-A-C. I'm calling like a volleyball game this Saturday. It's a pretty nice broadcast to check out. They're playing at four. And all the broadcasts there that have been and have taken place in the past are on the Skyac Network. You just Go to football games for Chapman, and you'll go to that. And I've got another one, the last home game of the year for the Panthers, coming up next Saturday on the Skyac Network. There's also what I'm part of called CSBN Live at Chapman. They've got links to all that stuff. So it's exciting for that last game because that will be the last uh, two like CSBN broadcasts games. I'll be on play-by-play for. Looks to be like in my career for uh, for Chapman. And I see we need to make a quick fix in your Twitter handle because I believe it's Joshua Blinder. So if we can get a quick fix, you can find Josh at Joshua. There we go. Joshua Blinder on Twitter. And I know Professor Rank has been um, encouraging the class to create some sort of social network. Um, and I think Twitter has been the best place for me personally to have grown, found a network, found people who are interested in letting me share my voice, share my writing. So I hope you find much success, Josh. Um, and again, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything else you want to say? Anything? Yeah, yeah I, uh, I really appreciate uh, coming on here. I, I don't want to offend any Cardinals fans. I said the honey badger. I meant Buda Baker earlier. <laughs> what I said in coverage is familiar with obvious that guy. So I know how fan bases get. I don't want anybody to be coming after me on social media. Uh, he's a great all pro uh, safety. And uh, that's who I meant to be talking about in terms of Baker. coverage earlier for who that for uh, 
for the Cardinals to uh, to shut down and help that Minnesota passing attack. And you know, hopefully, Cardinals can uh, can get a win get, get a win Sunday. I hope so too. Um, again, I started off this broadcast by thanking everybody who's been watching and rewatching. Um, shout out to, uh, you know, so many of the people who send messages. It's been so much fun and I appreciate each and every one of you. Like, comment, subscribe, follow at SickPod Kelly. It's a new little fledgling channel. And as always, you can reach out to me at Kelly in Phoenix to ask questions, give feedback, and just say hi. So we'll see you next week. Go Cards. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Kelly Singh on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.